Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. Good morning. It is a delight to be here on this Sunday. Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, the start of Gay Ski Week, the two are connected. And one, it's not frequently that we're in the presence of greatness. Because Gay Ski Week is in no small part, he exists because of this man, John. Will you? John Bush. And John, if I heard the story, it came out of because of oppression and a desire to celebrate fully who we are as gay and lesbian, trans plus people. And that's just it. Both MLK and the black civil rights movement and the gay liberation movement came out of struggle to seek liberation through justice and then celebrate with joy. Amen? So I want to thank Jerry and Greg for this opportunity. This is really an honor to be here. So I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and loving God, pour your spirit in and through and among us. May we know healing. May we know hope. May we find life, and may we go forth to love. Amen. Now, before I start my sermon, I have to confess, I became a speed reader at the grocery store. And I didn't get a chance to finish, so I hope you don't mind. I, I just get so caught up in these stories. I, you know, sometimes I just can't believe what people do. Prince said that there is a dark side to everything. And reading this paper, it appears that there's a dark side to everybody. And I'm not talking about politics. Uh, the things I'm learning. You know, I can't believe this one guy. Folks are saying that he doesn't know who his daddy is. To be perfectly frank, his whole life sounds like a, a, an episode of Dead to Me on steroids. <laughs> and he did some pretty remarkable things when he was younger. But then there were those like awkward, wayward years. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't see the whole thing with Jonathan coming. Didn't see it. Wow. But then the whole peeping Tom business. How dare he watch that poor woman bathe? And then when he had his henchmen bring her to him, I mean, the woman was married, he was married, but that didn't stop him. Well, then she tells him that she's pregnant with his child, that it couldn't possibly be her husband's. And, and so what does he go and do? Well, he again abuses his power and gets the man sent home for a break from the troops gets him drunk so that he would make love to his wife, 
Well, you know what happens. The man doesn't. Spoils the guy's plan to get the guy to believe that the baby is his. But then he gets really sick and twisted. He has this man sent to the front lines of battle, knowing that he will most likely be killed so he doesn't have to face the errors of his ways, which is exactly what happens. And we call this man a leader. Oh, there's a whole lot more to the story, but I'm going to spare you. You'll just have to read it for yourself. <laughs> he was a mess. He was a real mess. But somehow that didn't keep him down forever. He got his act together and became one who was described in a biographical tribute as an exceptional human being who, despite his many flaws, is loved by God. Despite his many flaws, he's loved by God. These flaws didn't ensnare him. He wasn't trapped by them. He didn't allow them to keep him down forever. He was able to move forward and become a leader to his people, a nation with a city that billions call their spiritual home. That leader is David, who we remember not as a peeping Tom, not as an adulterer, not as a murderer, but the king who united the tribes of Israel. So we don't need the National Enquirer to point out how flawed people are. We know this is true because we're all well aware of our own flaws. The places in our life that are broken, the mistakes we've made that at times have paralyzed us from getting on with our lives. I've heard too many people talk about how they feel like the past is permanently tattooed on their psyche that there's no getting rid of it. It spirals into feelings of unworthiness, causing us to be unprepared to create a better future. Hear this. The past should be left in the past because otherwise it can destroy your future. Live for what tomorrow has to offer, not for what yesterday has taken away. If God can take a peeping Tom, adulterer, murderer, and turn him into a king, what greatness is God seeking to do in you? There's no time like now to let go of the past and move boldly into your future. So what are you afraid of? What's holding you back? Too many of us have this false understanding that everything has to be perfect. All our ducks have to be in a row. The planets have to align before we are willing and able to step on that path for a better tomorrow. Basically, we wait till hell freezes over. Well, here's the truth. There is never a perfect moment. There is never a perfect time. 
And yes, you and I are far from perfect. If we wait until everything's perfect, we will never move forward at all, for we are all perfectly imperfect. When we accept that fact, that we are perfectly imperfect, it takes the pressure off. It frees us to move forward for however and wherever we are is the right place to start from. We can move boldly into the future even if we aren't sure where the path might lead us. Committed not only to taking it one step at a time but keeping ourselves moving forward into the future. How many of you are artists? I'm going to guess there's a few handful of you here in Aspen. There is an understanding in several weaving cultures that the weaver intentionally weaves a mistake into the rug or tapestry they're working on to remind themselves that humankind is not perfect. Yet from that mistake, beauty emerges. You know, others say that there's actually a much simpler explanation. The weaver actually did unintentionally make a mistake. What was intentional was the desire to not go back and fix it, to allow the rug to be perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect, like David, like me like you, how do we weave the imperfections of our life? How do we weave them together to create a thing of beauty? How do we not get hung up on what we don't have, on those parts of ourselves that are flawed so that we can grow more fully into the beauty of our future? Now, you might remember a, a, a Meryl Streep movie about Florence Foster Jenkins. Now, in her youth, Foster, uh, Florence was considered a child prodigy in the piano. But an early arm injury ended her dreams of playing piano professionally. But you know, she possessed an indefatigable spirit and pursued her musical dreams, deciding to focus on opera. There was just one problem. Florence couldn't sing. <laughs> She's been called, quote, the world's worst opera singer. <laughs> one reporter noted, quote, no one before or since has succeeded in liberating themselves quite so completely from the shackles of musical notation. <laughs> I'll let you decide. Let's listen to one of her recordings. I think we got it. <laughs> now, Jenkins 
was undaunted by her detractors. She had a dream and she pursued it with a laser-like focus. At the age of 76, she performed at Carnegie Hall. When her concert date was announced, it became the fastest selling ticket to Carnegie Hall. 2,000 people were turned away at the door the day she performed. Reviews of her performance, oh, they weren't exactly glowing. But Jenkins herself said this. Some people say, I cannot sing, but no one can say, I didn't sing. But Jenkins has an important lesson to teach us. Her music was far from perfect, but that wasn't the point. What was important that she pursued her dreams and she sang. The beauty wasn't in her singing. It was in the fact that she did it. You and I might not be the best at much. If we wait until we think we can do something, create something, be something perfect, then we might be waiting forever. What makes our lives beautiful is that with all our imperfections, we move forward with our dreams, living out loud boldly and bravely. So hear this. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've been, no matter how you've treated others or how they've treated you, there's a promise of something great waiting for you if you will only reach for it. It's the potential that lies within each of us to create from our imperfections a thing of beauty, an expression of our dreams, the manifestations of our deepest hopes and desires. Your life, the life of the person sitting next to you, take a look at them, the life of the person sitting next to you is waiting to blossom. Don't let it wither without blooming. For you are perfectly imperfect. And in that, in that, in you, is something the world desperately needs. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.